0: Welcome to another episode of the Shooting the Shot with Joe and Joe podcast. Get another action-filled week for you. A lot of college basketball to talk about. A lot going on. A lot happened last weekend. A lot coming up this week, especially when it comes to Xavier. We're also going to talk uh, about the Champions League. Almost every game's been played. I think the only one that hasn't finished is Man U and Atletico, which is tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Talk about the MLS. The MLS season's coming up. Also give you our locks per usual. And... Talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers' uh, interesting way to cleanse his body. So, Joe, uh, first up, tell me what you thought about last week in the Big East.
1: All right, so last week in the Big East, um, not so we're not getting to Xavier yet. But All right, so let's look at the scores. So you had a tight one with Northern Providence where Nova pulled it out. You had Butler versus DePaul. Who cares about that? You have St. John's beating Xavier. We'll get to that later. Uh, Marquette over Georgetown. UConn, a tight one over Seton Hall. Creighton versus DePaul. St. John's versus Butler. Um, and then on Saturday, we had UConn over Xavier. We'll get to that one. Uh, Villanova beating Georgetown. Seton Hall over DePaul. Um, a very good game on Sunday, which was Providence vs. Butler. Shouldn't have been um, very close, but it was. And Creighton, in, a, in another very good game over Marquette. And that one went right down to the wire.
0: See, you, you disregarded that butler to Paul game, but former Bundesliga guard Seamus Lukosius had a buzzer beater. Eh, not, not quite a buzzer beater. There was like a second left on the clock to win that one. Had 19 for the Bulldogs, who maybe are running into form. Uh, they're, they're, they could be a spoiler at the end of the year imagine, to, watch to beat I imagine leaving the Bundesliga yeah I know especially do like Indi- Indianapolis to go play a, for the Jordan I actually saw a tweet this morning it was from Coaching Changes which is a somewhat questionable Twitter account so like take it with a grain of salt but it said there's a 75% chance Laval Jordan gets fired at the end of this year which I don't really buy because he's a Butler guy and they're playing better towards the end of the year but I don't know something interesting to monitor um also, other games last week, Marquette beat Georgetown by 11 before falling against Creighton when Greg Elliott stepped over the inbounds line trying to inbound the ball. That was bad. That was really bad. That's a, just a terrible mental mistake you can't make. UConn obviously beat Xavier by 11. St. John's, after they beat Xavier, they steamrolled Butler 91-57. to Georgetown needed a game against Villanova. Georgetown, they need a win in the Big East. It's going to come at some point.
1: Hopefully uh, not. In their last game this season.
0: Yeah, but I'm actually very scared that that's exactly where it's going to come, especially with the way Xavier's been playing lately. Um, but coming up this week, we got on Wednesday, Creighton St. John's, Xavier at Providence. We'll get more into that one later. Butler at Seton Hall, DePaul at Georgetown. Uh, Saturday, Butler, Marquette, Seton Hall at Xavier, Creighton at Providence, which could be a very good game. Uh, that's an 8.30 tip. That's a prime time game. Uh, Sunday, February 27th, you got UConn at Georgetown, St. John's at DePaul. I mean, it's t- 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 happening tonight. Villanova at UConn. It's definitely the best game of the week, and we'll talk about that a lot next week. Um, personally, I have Nova now, even though it's at Gamble. Um, Nova's a two-point dog somehow. Doesn't really make much sense to me, but I know Gillespie's banged up, and UConn's playing some pretty good ball lately. So, with that, let's segue into UConn on Saturday. We'll talk about the St. John's game Wait, later.
1: Before we get to that, Let's take a little look at the Big East standings.
0: Okay, that's a, good, that's a good call.
1: All right, so right now it's about a two-team race for the Big East title between Providence and Nova. Joe, who do you think is going to pull that one out?
0: I mean, it's all going to come down to a game. I, I think it's next Saturday. I, I, it's, in, it's in Philly. i gotta, I got to take Nova. Uh, Nova beat Providence out of the dunk. I think they'll take care of business at home and keep Providence from winning their first Big East regular season title, which is pretty crazy because they're an original member of the Big East. Never won a regular season title, but I mean the conferences ran through Nova. I don't think this year is any different. I think Nova's gonna win the regular season. I don't know if they'll win the conference tournament, but I think they'll beat Providence and win the regular season title.
1: So I think there are about four. I think there are four tiers in the Big East. You have Tier One, which is Providence Nova. You have Tier Two, which is UConn and Creighton.
0: Yeah, I would not be afraid to put Creighton up there. Creighton beat Villanova already this year. Um, they've just played really good ball. I mean they. They got a young team with a couple, like, solid veterans. And, they were bad and the beginning. And, yeah, they were bad. I mean, Hawkins and O'Connell are, like, good, solid veterans to have on the team. As much as I really dislike Alex O'Connell, got to give the guy credit. He's a sniper. And then uh, Nemhard and um, Brenner. I mean, they're just good. I, I, I hate it, but they're just good. Brenner's really solid inside can make a difference, can change shots, and Nemhard's shooter, can drive. That guy's going to be a problem in a year or two. He's going to be easily one of the better players in the Big East, if not the best, pretty, pretty soon. So yeah, Creighton's definitely up there.
1: They've taken care of business against some pretty good teams. So in the third tier is going to be Marquette, Xavier, Seton Hall, and St. John's. Would you, does St. John's belong in there,
0: or do they belong with Butler, DePaul, and Georgetown? I mean, St. John's has played Providence tough twice. They've beaten Xavier one, so I, I think they belong in that tier. I mean, I think going into the year they are pretty firmly in that tier, if not one of the better teams in that tier. Uh, but they've kind of they underperformed a little bit. I mean, they've dealt with some injuries. Pasha's been banged up. Champagne he's been good, but he hasn't been as good as some people, including myself, thought he probably would be. Um, people are saying always checked out on the team, and then, of course he goes and drops twenty-seven against Xavier. But uh, yeah, St. John's definitely belongs in that tier.
1: So. Xavier right now is sixth, and they're tied um, with a seven and eight conference record with Seton Hall and St. John's, and then you have Marquette, uh, one and a half games above them I think right now. So uh, I think the dream scenario for Xavier is going to be, well of course win out, but if you could get that, if you could steal that fifth seed away from Marquette, that would be a big one for the. Uh, for the conference tournament. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: Getting that five is huge because then you avoid playing on Wednesday night. I you mean, you're playing the four, last whoever the four seed is isn't going to kill you. Come conference tournament time, whereas you're the six, you lose to the ten, you're 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 looking you're looking pretty rough. So getting that five seed is going to be big. But Xavier's got to step up the rest of the season. They're in a really really bad slide right now. Not really I He lost four or five, but with well, the home losses to DePaul and Saint John's. They lost four or are just five, or
1: tough. three or five. Four or five. All right, so let's see. We have oh yeah, four or five. DePaul seen their one win against UConn, but so that DePaul game bad. Seton Hall. Not that's a bad not, That's loss. not a
0: terrible loss. That's at fine. Seton
1: Hall with a loss by two with some questionable calls at the end of the game. Yeah, they were right there. That,
0: the second half of that game then carried over to the UConn game, and they—I mean that was great. That was where you can get out of that team.
1: Um, and then they instantly fell apart against St. John's. Yeah,
0: you turn around, you lose, you, you get down in the second half. The last four runs like four or five, maybe even six minutes that game. It feels like they just quit.
1: They were defeated. And dude. they
0: quit. They quit the last four minutes of the first half against UConn, which dug them a hole they couldn't get out of as much as they tried. Or as much as UConn really tried to get All right, right, let's So be
1: let's be honest. So let's so we, move into our loss against
0: UConn now? Let, 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 let's actually just start with St. John's. Why not? Just go in chronological uh, order.
1: So that game was on... That
0: was last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. That game was... We said in the podcast last week, which hasn't been posted yet, but if it gets posted, listen, because we were right on this. We said that if Xavier loses, it's going to be because they play at a St. John's pace, and what happened? They let St. John's dictate the pace of play, and they played at that pace. Um, St. John's had 86 points. I think they had 40, 45 in the first half. I think it was 45
1: 40, in the first half, yeah. 41 in the second half. Yeah,
0: and then... I mean, Xavier almost matched him offensively in the first half. As bad as the defense was, the offense was there just to track me. It looked like a bad AAU game. But in the second half, St. John's went to zone. Once they zoned up Xavier, uh, the Musketeers couldn't shoot. They made 1-3 in the second half. I think they were 1-12 for 3 in the second half. Adam Kunkel had 2 in the first half, finished 2 for 7. He missed his last five threes. Obviously, No. Nate Johnson hurts, but Nungy, I think, was 2-7 from 3. Zach mental just not a three point shooter as much as he thinks he is. Um, he just he, he was not not knocking him down from the perimeter, and that was that's what hurt him. The lack of defense, I mean, they just didn't play defense. And then when St. John's zoned them up, they couldn't hit a three because so they're getting a wide open looks. So it wasn't like the opportunities weren't there; they're were getting the wide open looks. So that if they knock him down, they win that game, going away with it. But they're clanking and then they're not defending. Transition defense was really really bad. It was that was so bad. That was St. John's got just untouched and get it. Steal turnover, run out right off a rebound. They just got to wide up a dunk off it. I think they like they had an insane amount of dunks.
1: The combination of poor offensive possessions in the second half and really just not running back on defense was a real killer. And you just can't give up. You can't play to that pace with St. John's. They're gonna beat you every time.
0: I guess the good thing about that is that became a quad two loss instead of a quad three because St. John's blew up Butler and. I mean, they've looked better lately. So, at least it's not a quad three loss anymore, but it's still just not well, they a loss. The, they they, they smoked Butler. By, like, 40? Yeah, it was 91-57. Ugly, ugly game. And then you get to Saturday, where they come out. They battled defensively. Offense wasn't there at the beginning of games, because, you know, what else is new? Um, but then, Bows four minutes the first half, they give up. I mean, they just uh, there's really no other way to put it. It was an interesting You're lineup on the floor. You so It was an interesting lineup on the floor. Um, Nungi, Nungi needed to sit because that guy can't play 35 minutes a game. He's coming up. He's got two bad knee injuries. He's just he's seven for two. He can't run that guy 40 minutes a game. So, like, goody. like I'm glad they rested him because by the end of the St. John, he was a beast in the first half. Second half, he was dead. He just couldn't run anymore. So, I'm glad he was sitting. The other guys didn't step up. I mean... Drum Hunter did not play his best game. He had a defensive lapse that led to a wide-open three. Um, and that's really his calling card. Like, he should be a lockdown defender. And just, they, they, they didn't get it done. Paul Scruggs had not a good game. I think they, cut it to, they cut it they to, cut four. to four. They cut it to four in the second half. So, the sequence yeah, yeah, was right, yeah, there was, was a four-point game, and you come a shot. Nungji had the rebound in his hands, lost it, you kinda of recovered, I think they either hit, they hit a layup or they hit a 3, I think they made a layup and then Xavier missed next mission, they hit a 3, 9 point game, then you are winning by 11, I mean so that, that I mean that's a key sequence and obviously not to put it on Nunji because he's been the workhorse of this team this year, he's really been the guy, and that, I don't think anybody thought that was going to be his real preseason but I mean, he like, he grabs that rebound and they get a bucket that possession and they keep building the momentum. It could be a different game, but all the momentum
1: was going for Xavier.
0: Yeah, like it, it's it's still an, it's inexcusable that it had to get to that point because you're down. I think it was 17 at the half, 17, 18. I think it was 17 um, because they just quit the last four minutes of the first half. I mean, Fremont was five of 15. I think I think that's a, I'm gonna double check. That, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then. Paul Scruggs is not a good game. He turned the ball over. He wasn't scoring. I mean, it, the turnovers are the big issue with him. If he's not turning the ball over, he's fine. But if he's turning the ball over and he's forcing his offense, it just, it's not good. It's it's ugly. And that's what it was on Saturday. But I think
1: the real story of that game is the UConn, um, the UConn security should be ashamed of themselves letting Booknight go back into the student section. Yeah, um, He got kicked. You need, it, you need to escort that man out of the building.
0: Mike Roberts is a veteran official. He doesn't kick a guy out if he doesn't think there's a reason to kick him out. But, but they saw him go into the, in the student center. section, and they did nothing about it. I mean, to be fair, if like Xavier tried to kick like tr- if they tried to kick Dumbar, out of the game not the situation. No Xavier security guard is personally escorting Travon Blue out of the building. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it's whatever. It was, it's definitely definitely a tough look for. Gamble Pavilion security. Gamble's a dump too. Just, uh, just as an aside, but so just so now we're gonna look ahead. So lost to St. John's in a game you really should have won. Lost to UConn. No, well, that, that's not a game you, you're expected to that's win. That's an but
1: expected but loss. Yeah, it's
0: an expected loss for sure. But splitting
1: splitting with UConn
0: is that's a win. That's, that's that. a win. I mean, that's a win. But home against St. John's is so frustrating because now you got Providence coming up. Who
1: like, if they just win those DePaul and St. John's games? If they win those two games, we're like, looking at a right right twenty now, and seven. Oh, like 19, nineteen and seven. 17. They're nineteen and seven and likely
0: to get to twenty one, maybe twenty two wins before the conference tournament. Possibly a five seed. Yeah, that would be that, That's definitely a low. That's that's a five seed. Uh, maybe a four.
1: Let's look at the profit. Let's look at a preview of this. This Wednesday's
0: Providence game. So, one thing in Xavier's favor, maybe the only thing in Xavier's favor, is Al Durham's not going to play. He's been battling a sports. confirmed. that uh, confirmed? Basically. He's been battling this... I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the season, to be totally honest. At least the regular season. He's been battling a sports hernia. He's played through it, but he hasn't been great. I mean, they play the Mariano theme music in, like, a clip show with him, because he's the closer. Now, at the end of games, he's been great. He was great at the end of the over game. But, like, before the last, like five minutes of the game, he's definitely struggled this season, especially recently, and I think a lot of it's obviously due to the injury. So, the way Cooley sat in the press conference after the Butler game, uh, I would not anticipate Durham playing on Wednesday, which sucks for Providence, but for Xavier, that that, I mean, that helps, because Durham killed him the first time they played. It was Durham and Bynum, but... he I mean, had 22 points. Yeah. And he was getting to the line. He, he
1: didn't shoot that well. No, but he got but to, he the to the line. he to the line. He's
0: so good at drawing fouls. That's like, that's one of... What is he now? He's even throw right in the country. He's 20, uh, 14th and throw rate right in the country. Jared Byrne's 25th in assist rate. Right. But Adrian Reeves is playing. So Xavier's got to defend him on the perimeter. If Nate Johnson's out, that's a tough, tough loss. Because, like, I, I, I like Nate Johnson on him to be able to, like, disrupt him as a shooter. I don't know if I love Kunk on him as much. Especially when I mean, we saw Kunk foul three-point shooter against UConn. Um, the way they're making it sound, I do not think Nate Johnson's going to be back for, no, I've, for I've a few not, games. I'm not counting Nate Johnson to be back until honestly, like maybe the Georgetown game, um, senior night. That'd be a good time to like get him full strength, ready into when you need him. Like rushing him early and then him re-aggregating the injury is absolutely the last thing you need. Like if you have him out for the conference tournament, you have him out for the if you God forbid, they make the NCAA tournament. Um, when uh, you, you, you're screwed, you need him You need them to play those games. Um, but Providence. Nate, Nate Watson didn't play well the first game at Sentos. I think Nate Watson will play well. Was that now. Xavier shutting him down? was that, that he got into foul trouble early, I mean, Xavier did play good defense on him. Um, but I don't think they, they they didn't really like shut him down. He got into foul trouble. He sat and he just didn't do well. They didn't need to go to him as much because Biden and Durham were kind of creating. In a game where they're going to go to him, and he de- he's definitely a guy who feeds off the energy of the crowd, Dummy Donuts Center this season is easily one of the toughest places to play. The atmosphere there is insane. Uh, I think he's going to have like a pretty solid game. I really, really don't. I mean, everybody's pointing to the Seton Hall game a few years ago. Remember that Seton Hall game? I think that was our sophomore year. They won number 10 Seton Hall on the road. Like it's like a Saturday noon tip. I feel like the two aren't really. can't really equate the two but uh, people are pointing to it and everybody's like, oh, I got a good feeling about the I've heard a lot of people say, like, oh, I got a really good feeling about the I'm like, I just don't buy that. Like, I don't know how you can have a good feeling about the, the spread this.
1: is Providence minus one and a half somehow.
0: Yeah, like, I would put so much money on Providence. I just don't, I don't understand. I mean, because I mean, the oddsmakers are always low on Providence. Providence is only person running back to on Ken Palm.
1: And for some reason, they like Xavier way too much.
0: Yeah. But right. I mean, I mean, they like, like Xavier, it just. Basically, let's be honest, the the Vegas lines are the Ken Palm lines, because whatever he has is, it's, it's the predictive metrics, whatever he has out is what the Vegas line opens at. So, Providence is Ken Palm 46, Xavier's Ken Palm 37, you give Providence a home court advantage, okay, two points, they're almost similar teams, but the reality of it is they're not similar teams, Providence is a much better team, just because the metrics aren't on their side, I mean... Xavier can't shoot right now, so that that's one thing. Their the defense Providence did just
1: beat Butler by one, and DePaul a few games ago by two. Ah, uh, yeah.
0: In in sandwich in between was a five. So you loss can't blame that. the metrics. No, there. no, 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 no. I can't. I mean, the, the the luck is a very real thing. Like winning that many close games, it's it's one hundred. Like it, it, there has to be some form of luck in there. But then, I mean, you can get into like, oh, it's coaching the ending game, whatever. I mean, there, there's definitely some luck built into there. But I mean, Xavier lost to the Paul Xavier only beat Butler by two. So, looking at it from that lens, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something there. But I just, I just think Providence is a much better team than Xavier. And no, the way,
1: the way Manji looked all throughout that UConn game, that guy is—he's wearing down. He is dead.
0: Yeah, I and mean, you can't blame him. You really can't blame him. Like,
1: all those people were demanding that, for some reason, Nungie needs to play 35 minutes a game against, in the non-con games against...
0: Yeah, I don't really need to see Nungie play 35 minutes against
1: Moorhead State. There were certain people out there who, for some reason, were just demanding Nungie play in games that were meaningless. And this, I mean, he's got so much
0: training in his really his fifth year of college. He's had two major knee injuries. He's had he just had a lot. Like it, it, it's not even like you can't even felt him. Like he, 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 it's a long season. He hasn't really played a full season in a while just because of his injuries. He got worn down by the end of the season. I mean, and then yeah, the, the, that really points to what Zach he needs to step up. Cesar Deontay. I mean, yeah, I would love I would love to see more Cesar minutes. Those sh- hopefully come and like just get him four minutes a half or four and two. Jack, too. Jack
1: has never played. So his freshman year, he averaged 15 minutes a game for 33 minutes. Then For 33 s- games. For 33 games. Um, didn't play 2018-2019. Played six games 2019-2020 20, 20, 20 when he tore his ACL. Um, and I think that 2018-2019 was another 20. Was that another 20? No, that was at the end of the 2021 season. So in that 2021 season, he played 22 games where he averaged 16 minutes. And so he's playing like double what he's ever played in his career for for the maximum amount of games after two ACL surgeries. Yeah. So there's, I mean, you can't expect much out of the guy at this point. He's given it his all. I think that's pretty clear. Yes, yeah, so you need to get, you need to get
0: minute, just minutes. You just give solid minutes. You don't have to like just defend, really. Just to, like defend. Maybe get a bucket or two in there from Deontay, from Cesar. That
1: Deontay lineup is, I think, one of the top-rated uh, defensive lineups in the, in the Big East. It is.
0: Because <laughs> Deontay's a really good switch on-ball defender. It's like, because he he's athletic. He's not like... With Nungu, they're going to drop coverage because he's not athletic. He can't defend the perimeter. But
1: Deontay's like really freaky athletic for a guy of his size. So he, he can defend. They might get some... They get a lot of momentum off their defense. <laughs> so I yeah, think, I, do. I think they need, to, they need to throw that lineup out there because even if you make the tournament and you play Nungy, he's going to be even more dead by the time that starts. See, I so, tomorrow,
0: tomorrow's a tough game for that because I, like, I, I need to see Deont- I, Deontay... I guess, Deontay can't guard him. Yeah, I was, like, tomorrow, like, you need, I, I guess you really need to see because I really seen it, but Deontay really struggles against physical bigs because... He's not that physical. He's more of an athletic, like, rim-protecting big, but he's not, like, a bang-down-low sort of big. I think Deontay uh, could do very well against Seton Hall, same yeah, think George. Seton is the perfect matchup, but like coming against Obiagu, they're very very similar body types. Too lanky. Yeah, tall lanky. 6'11", 7'0". And guys. Deontay's a lot more athletic, I think, than Obiagu is, too. So, I mean, I, I would love to see that against Seton Hall. Against Providence... You're going to have to rely on Zach and Jack, which... Give
1: Jack, like, 30, 30, 30 minutes a game, and then give him, like, 20 for the last three and just hope. Just hope. Just hope p- for Deontay. You gotta hope. And Cesar. No, I mean, we saw what
0: Cesar did against c I mean, he, he can play. His defense is pr- a little bit questionable. I mean, the beginning of the season was terrible from Maybe what we saw in practice. Deontay and Cesar. But... That would certainly be bold. And at this point, I wouldn't hate it. Like, you gotta try something different. When you lose four or five with two losses that are Q2, Q3 at home, you have to try something different. And one of those things you can do is kill the f- motherfucking goose. Jesus Christ, I'm so sick of that thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, try changing the lineups, I don't know. But really, all you can do is hope. I mean, a home win against CN Hall, a road win against St. John's, and a home win against Stewart trying to end the year should be feasible. I mean, if you if you're only earn a and minute show, that's fantastic. You are 20 wins, heading into the biggest tournament, <laughs> and then you, you really probably get teams. you probably, oh, yeah, 100%. I saw, I read really the exact quote on The Athletic today. Um, but if you win those three games, 20 wins, headed in, like you could get the five seed, and then you win against the four, 21 wins, and you win a tournament game. That's huge. Uh, so, I mean, the, that's really what you're going to be shooting for. Um, but uh, speaking of tournament Athletic today put out their bubble watch and they talked about Xavier pretty in depth, they said direct quote is, in the heat of the season it can sometimes feel like a team's spiraling and that's tournament chances are suddenly dwindling even though that's not actually the case on its team sheet which, let's be honest it does, it does sort of feel like the tournament chances are suddenly dwindling uh, but they said Xavier's a great example the lost 4 of the last 5, picked up a couple of questionable losses to Paul and St. John's at home along the way, you take a step back from the linear schedule and look at their resume, and assume the committee means when it says when it says all games count the same, things look far more positive. This team's five and seven in Quad One, four and one in Quad Two. It has only their Paul loss as a serious blemish. Maybe Xavier will make this more interesting. Than the means again games, final four games, it will take something special to make the slight skies falling feel that surrounds team struggling in the air to actually end up being real vis a vis Xavier. Um, so I mean, I think they turn the team unless they lose out. Seeding, seeding's important. I mean, I, I just, I want to, I want to be like a six or seven seed, ideally. So right now
1: they have 5 look, five <laughs> and seven in quad one games, four and one in quad two games, four and one in quad three games, and four and one in quad four games. That is, I think, easily a tournament resume if they just, if they just pull out a little bit out of this tailspin right now. They have two Quad One games left, one Quad Two game, and then I think the one Quad Four game is the Georgetown game at the end of the year. So just you gotta make sure you do not lose that Georgetown game at the end of the year. Yeah, that game that
0: game's a resume killer. I mean no matter what losing that game, that's gonna be front and center in the minds of the committee if you lose that game heading in to selection center. I mean, depending on what you do in the tournament. But regardless, you lose that game, you're really kinda putting yourself in a really, really uncomfortable selection so center. So right
1: now, um Team Rankings has, if they win 17 games, so if they win one more, are they at 17, or 17 now? they 17 right now. They give them a 47.4% chance. If they win one more game, they're up to 90. If they give, win 19 games, they're up to 99. And then if they get to 20, they're in for sure. Yeah, I mean. So if you count that, yeah, I'm not going to jinx it. Not gonna, not going to talk about that Georgetown game yet.
0: Got plenty of time to worry about that one.
1: Yeah, so um, so bracket matrix right now has them as a seven seed, with Marquette, Saint Mary's, and Colorado State. So um, and they're in 132 of 132 brackets that they that they look at. So and I think Lombardi has them at seven. Bracketville has them at seven. So they're all. So I would say if you if they win the games they should win which is winning that Seton Hall game and winning Georgetown, and I would say they stay a 7 if they can beat St. John's, maybe a 6.
0: Yeah, or if, even if they lose to St. John's, if they win those two in a game or two in the Big East tournament, then I think you're a 6.
1: Yeah, all right. So I, well, think, I think now we're we'll getting to our
0: locks, building off Xavier. Uh, I would implore you to hammer Providence minus one and a half tomorrow. I second that, thought. I mean, I, I, I've had a lot of money off Providence this season just because of the, their, their, their lines are outdated. I mean, I, Sunday Sunday was a three-point line. They only up winning by one. But, like, Providence minus three against Butler is just so crazy. I, I, I just don't get it. Like, they've lost three games all season. Like, they, 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 they get treated like they're Marquette at this point. I don't get it. The lines, hate them. I mean, it's because it's cause the metrics aren't, like, the biggest fan, um, and it's predictive, whatever. We talked about that. But I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Problems minus one and a half just screams free money. So I would tell you to please take that
1: line. In fact, I'm going to take it right now. All right, so that uh, brings me to my first lock, which is Furman minus five and a half. Um, I think the last, sadly the podcast didn't come out last week. Um, but on that podcast, I think I went 3 and0 and Furman was one of the teams that I picked. So I'm gonna go right back to the Paladins and I'm gonna take uh, Furman minus five and a half over Sanford. And I think Furman is four and one against the spread in their last five games against Sanford and they're five and0 straight up. So they've just been dominating Sanford. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding Furman.
0: Yeah, they came off a big win against Wofford on Saturday. Uh, all right, my next pick is Rutgers plus six and a half. I mean, Rutgers is maybe the hottest team in the sport. They're playing a Michigan team that's not very I've good. They really lost to Purdue. Sure. Yeah, that's no. true. They did. They did lose to Purdue. Um, but
1: they, they they cut it close a couple times. They made they did make it an easy win.
0: Yeah, they covered that game too. Yeah. Um.
1: But yeah, they come before the Purdue loss, win,
0: home win against Michigan State, home win against Ohio State, road win against Wisconsin, home win against Illinois, those are four really, really solid wins. Um, Rutgers basically put themselves in the tournament with that stretch. Now they're playing a not very good Michigan team who, oh yeah, doesn't have their head coach because he slapped a guy in the post-game handshake line. Real smart, Juwan. Um but well, Rutgers plus six and a half. I mean, you can if you can beat Wisconsin on the road, you sure as shit can beat Michigan on the road. Uh, definitely cover six and a half. Take the Scarlet
1: Knights. All right, my second pick is going to be Wyoming plus six against Colorado State. Colorado State is, I think, I just mentioned then they were projected. They were projected, projected seven. the seven seed, but um, they haven't been playing well very late. of they, um, I think they just lost to um, UNLV, and but they were cruising before that. But um,
0: yeah, they have three losses this year, and I think two of them are to UNLV. It's kind of crazy.
1: Wyoming's five and one against the spread in their last six games against uh, Oklahoma, against Colorado State, and Wyoming is seven and one in their last eight games. So uh, I think six points is a uh, a lot of points to cover. Yeah, that's um, a
0: that's a shockingly big line.
1: So I'm gonna go with uh, Wyoming. We got the Cowboys. And then my next pick is Wake
0: Forest minus one against Clemson. Just a matter of Wake being the better team. Uh, Alondis Williams, Jake LeRavio, two really, really good players. Actually, Jake Ravier was in my dream for some weird reason. That is very so, weird. Really, really weird. But he was in my dream, and if that's a predictor that Wake covers minus one tomorrow, I'll take it. Um, I just don't think Clemson's all that good. Wake's very good under Steve Forbes this season. Not very good, but they're, they're a solid ACC team under Steve Forbes this year. I think they'll definitely win that game. You I can mean, take line if you get better odds, but Moneyline and minus one.
1: Alright, and then my final pick is going to be the um, Wisconsin Badgers minus five against Minnesota at Minnesota. Um, sorry, Ben Johnson, but the, uh, but the Golden Gophers have not been very good in the Big Ten. They started off pretty well, but now they are fi- uh, four and twelve, and three and seven in their last uh, their last ten games. And Wisconsin's coming off that big, uh, the big energy boost in the slap against uh, against Michigan. Won the game and they won the fight. Yeah, slapped them slapped him on the court and off the court. Nope, they got slapped off the court. Yeah. Man. I feel like they kind of won that fight. They, they
0: won. They only got one guy suspended, Michigan got, like, three. So, you kind of won the fight. Although Diabetes was just throwing haymakers. If somebody connected with one of those, they'd
1: be kind of good about a scary scene. All right, so those are our six locks for the week. Let's hope those uh, those do good. We're, we're, we're going for six now this week. We're it right now. How did you do last week? Last week...
0: Uh, that wasn't posted. I don't even know. I think I went like one and two, oh, so pretty rough.
1: All right. So we're, we're, coming, we're, coming, back, we're coming
0: back this week. Um, well, in sports news today, we had some Champions League games. Uh, Chelsea beat Lille 2-0 with a goal from Christian Pulisic and Kai Havertz off a corner in the eighth minute. German. Lille had some opportunities early in the game, just couldn't convert, and... Chelsea Mendy's a really good goaltender. Chelsea's a better team. Take care of business there. Villarreal also tied Juve today, but last week we had some very interesting games, namely Kingsley Coman scoring a the big goal for Bayern.
1: So, so they not they did not, so want to go, they did not want to come back to to uh, to Munich down one That would have been a would, would have been a tense
0: tense vibe in Allianz. I mean they're better than Salisbury, but Noer out. They credit credit to Salisbury. I mean, going played a really, really good game. Byron just didn't take advantage of their chances until Kingsley finally came through. We gotta we gotta hope
1: Noer's back for back for that um, for the second leg of that one. It's gonna be
0: close. When he got hurt, the timeline was four to six weeks. The second leg of that I think is March eighth, which is gonna be right around that four or five week timeline. So. I saw him
1: jogging today, so yeah, so that could be a good sign. So we got we got a, we got to pray.
0: <coughs> got to pray and help? Absolutely. For Manuel Moyer. And then Liverpool is up two, beat Inter last week to nothing. Uh Salah came back. That was a really solid win for Liverpool. Gives them a nice. It gives them a nice um, you know, two-goal lead in the aggregate going into the next match. And uh, like stress free match.
1: Man City easily handled Sporting. Yeah. Not like that was going to be a question for anyone. And we talked about it last week.
0: Uh, PSG with a one nothing win on the Mbappe goal in extra time. Like crazy goal. So, so good. So impressive. But, yeah, Champions League is so fun to watch. It's, I just love, like, oh, the other game tomorrow. I, I think I said earlier about oh, Vettico. Yeah, I thought I, thought I, said, I said earlier about Vettico. Mengi was the only game, but also Benfica and Ajax is also at three tomorrow. I mean, there's nothing better than three o'clock Tuesday and Wednesday sporting events. I get like that's what makes tournament week, and like early season tournament week in uh, college basketball so much fun. Feast week, it's great. I mean, you just you wake up and there's sports on literally all day. If, you, if I can sit in class and watch a soccer game, like, makes fantastic. class a lot more interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> not really interesting otherwise. I mean, it gives gives me something something to put my brain power towards. Um, but that it was yeah the so. Sort of, Two games tomorrow. Um Maine, a slight favorite against Atletico. I actually think Maine gonna win that game. Uh, really? our guy Jaden Sancho has been playing really well Uh a few weeks ago I was like, damn Jaden Sancho's really sucked this year and all since then he I guess he's listening. Yeah. But he's been Shout playing, out shout out Jaden Sancho, active listener of shooting the shot podcast. Yeah. We'll,
1: if you ever, ever want to come on here.
0: Yeah. We'll show you the uh but Jaden Sancho's playing really well lately, and Atletico's kind of a mess this year. I think they're, like, fifth. In, I know they won the Liga last year, but they're, like, fifth this year, sixth. They've just been playing really, really not great soccer, not great footy. So, I am giving Man U the dub tomorrow. I mean, I think, I think we're going to get a Ronaldo goal. I think we're going to get Jim Sancho goal a little 2-1 win. That's my, that's my correct score prediction. Uh, what are your wait. thoughts on the ajax Benfica game?
1: So, the other game going on at 3 o'clock tomorrow on Panama Plus. Yeah, they're all on Paramount Plus. Worth uh, worth the subscription. Just for to, free. Uh, it's for you get it for free with oh right. a
0: Musketeer Report subscription. Oh
1: yeah. So if you're uh, if you're a Musketeer report subscriber, just uh, just get your free your free Paramount Plus. Commercial free too, ad free. Great combination. Really can't beat it. Yeah. And so in that game, I'm going to I, I think it's IX minus one thirty. And I think I'm going to th- 1-0 win for Ajax.
0: Like that call. They've
1: been playing really well lately.
0: Yeah, I think Ajax is done to Ajax could be a real spoiler in this tournament. Five
1: thirty-eight has them ranked the fourth best team in uh, in global soccer. Right
0: yeah, I saw that. Those rankings were very
1: interesting. Behind Bayern, City, and Liverpool.
0: City just narrowly edged up Bayern to be number one. Yes, yeah. that's where they were the other day. Um, and I
1: think they have um, Ryan Gravenberch or. Burke. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but uh, but he's been had some loss uh, some and ties lately they, they could use some some defense. That would certainly be nice especially
0: with Sule leaving and he was kind of 94% responsible for the only goal surrendered in the Champions League match because it was just just a real lazy play said so, I would have made him like fifth grade soccer and but I, I wouldn't 14 team
1: Ix has a lot of underrated guys and who could probably use some more national media attention, but don't get it in their league.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, uh, they're, they're they're fun team to watch play. So let's get, let's get to, more, uh, to more local soccer take with the
1: MLS. So the season is coming back, I think, this Saturday. Saturday.
0: Saturday. Yep. FC Cincinnati... Always one of the worst teams in soccer. Always one of the worst teams in the MLS.
1: Um, but they're trying to change that. Lot of, uh, lot of, lot of, lot of changes. New coach, new, new general, general man. manager, new goalie, new
0: defenders, new strikers. I mean, they 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 gotten new across the board. Okay, same great Bailey. Bailey Park is a great place to watch a game. Not not only is it like in its wonderful life, there's an area called Bailey Park, which is the greatest movie ever, but. Bailey Park at TQL, also a great spot to watch a game.
1: So I think uh, March fifth is the first home game for FC Cincinnati, and they're playing Saturday at six against uh, Austin FC. Yep,
0: expansion team last year. I think they finished twelfth uh, in the Western Conference, so they're not very good. Well, FCC could get out, could I get off to they, a they hot start. start. I mean, I mean. You have Brenner. Brenner. Brenner's one of the best young players in, so- in all of international soccer. It's kind of crazy um, that he's in the MLS and playing for FC Cincinnati. He's
1: to fool to miss him. To not yeah. go, not to go to see KC any present.
0: While, while he's here and not playing like for an actually good soccer team one day. But I think FCC is going to be like a sneaky, okay team this year. They're not going to be anything special, but... We have gotta hope
1: for some improvement.
0: Alec Khan, I feel like, is a huge upgrade over anything they've had at goalie. A huge upgrade. And then you know they bring they bring Ray Gaddis out of retirement. He's gonna be a great right back. Go compete with Powell. He's gonna be a great right back. Dominic Baji, great goal scorer. I mean, you,
1: you're bringing guys in. You decide, Nick Haglund. Shout out Xavier. If um, you watched any Philadelphia Union games last year, then you might see a lot of familiar faces.
0: Yeah, it, it, I mean. A lot of GM and the GM and is the coach are come came from the union. Was a
1: union guy. They signed another union coach. They're bringing union players. They're bringing union players out of retirement. Also, an
0: exciting time. Former U.S. Men's National Team coach um, Bruce Arena, current I think he's the current Revs coach. Actually, his kid is uh, an assistant for FCC this year.
1: Which so, was, it's, a, it's a decent, a good time to be a. We just gotta hope for some improvement, and I think they have the uh, they have the number one uh, spot in the allocation ranking.
0: Yeah, I believe that is correct.
1: Which is you can a- acquire players off of there. Is it like the draft? I don't know.
0: No, the draft the drafts the um, the super draft allocation is different.
1: We will learn what that is, and it,
0: the allocation order. Is the mechanism used like when it when a guy's on listed for like if it's like a USMNT guy or a youth guy or a former MLS player so basically somebody who's not currently in the MLS um, that wants to join they go on the allocation list and then um, the ranking order like the first team so at CC would have first grabs at whoever so, so the
1: number one waiver spot
0: basically yes it's a great way to put it. And you get allocation money to spend on those guys. So like, um, FCC picked up like a hundred K in general allocation money from the Red Bulls. It's just like the Red Bulls are low on that allocation list, so they're not gonna get it that good. They're actually last. So then hundred K on the team in first you can get a better player. So look for with some more money.
1: Could could get some good players off of that.
0: Absolutely. That'll be that'll be exciting. Um I mean, it's definitely too early. Never seen wants to finish his career in America. If, like that's a guy who he wants he's to play. He's going over. to Miami. Yeah, he's definitely that guy that guy has his heart set on Miami. That guy's not played in Cincinnati. And he's not finishing his career anytime soon either. That's like
1: I don't you know. know, the way the way he plays, you might think he's uh might think he's ready to move on. True. But I, I, I could say like th- four or five more years before any serious consideration.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's true.
1: I agree with that. Could see him when Miami comes to Cincinnati. We could. Could be a uh, could be a have, fun game. Might have to run it back, come back to Cincinnati just to see Neymar play. That would be that would be the time to run it back. And some big news um, from Bayern. They are planning a US North, North. America no, North America.
0: North America. That's right. So, uh, Mexico too.
1: so we will keep you updated on that. Could be a good chance to see the. World's best player, Robert Lewandowski.
0: hmm And also Serge Gnabry and all of the other talented players Bayern has to <laughs> And Mueller. And, and the Yeah, he's got, COVID. got COVID. Second time. Second time,
1: too. Um, all right. So that up. brings us to our last topic, which is a very interesting one. This is
0: ridiculous. This is just like... I don't even know how to describe it. So, Aaron Rodgers, he did a really good, weird, cryptic Instagram post, whatever. That, guy, that guy's I was weird. in his
1: feels. Yeah, he
0: was in his feels. He was like, oh, it's my fiance broke up with me. and uh, People
1: were speculating a little bit of drink in there.
0: Yeah, and uh, see some people speculate retirement, and, you know, he's not retiring, but, so, he went on to Pat McAfee show today and said he was just coming off like a 12-day cleanse. So, it's called
1: the Pant Karma. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm
0: glad you said that because I did not know how to say it. Um, so this cleanse, three days of ghee therapy, which is con- the direct wording is consume ghee until you evacuate at both ends. If anyone doesn't know what ghee is, it's clarified butter. It's like popular it's, in yeah, India. Yeah, like I've it's great. It. It's great to cook with. Like cook on the grill, throw a little ghee, get whatever, and cook in it. But to eat straight ghee is. Until you evacuate at both ends. It literally makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. It's it So makes me gross. Want to evacuate
1: at both ends.
0: Um. Yeah. Pretty much. One day of therapeutic vomiting because you know, and everybody wants to unwind. That's what they do. Therapeutically. Vomit. Most
1: most Fridays and Saturdays are spent therapeutically vomiting.
0: Yeah. When I'm just like, I'm just like, damn. I just need it they like, do I get a massage or do I just go throw up everything inside me? I'm like, oh shit, I gotta, guess I gotta go throw up. Then need one day a laxative therapy. You know? That
1: one doesn't sound that bad.
0: doesn't sound great either, though. Sounds, and, like, a, sounds like a good way to... I mean, you get a good bulk you're taking a shit, fine. Like, whatever, spend it down on the toilet. But Jesus Christ, like, like what, what, what makes you want to do this? Uh, hey, I did a... I did a... Colon no, class. no, there's... There's, there's different routines. There's... Cleanses are great. Cleanses are fine. But cleanses that make you eat ghee, and then you... I mean, we're still even, like, close to, like... To the worst part. And not... No, it. The ghee's the worst part. The second worst part. Three days of
1: herb drops in his nose. Yeah. Many I, days... I hate getting water in my nose. Yeah, I can't no, imagine I can't. getting... Just putting herbs... Putting early herbs in my nose. This is the second worst part. Many days of enemas. <laughs> what?! I, I don't
0: even want to talk. That's just... Oh, my God. And then yoga meditation throughout, which is great. Love yoga.
1: So uh, Aaron Rodgers, confirmed weird guy. You can, <laughs> so you can take weird. the guy out of California, but you can't take the California out of the guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, he is... I don't know. It's, it's like... <laughs> It, all of a sudden, too. It's, it was not like th- like four years ago when it, was, it wasn't like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's this big weirdo. It was just like all oh, his family doesn't I think like it him.
1: started when, the ha- when he grew the hair up
0: Yeah, it all no, was. not then he's just like, I don't know what happened. Just, he just grew the hair and just decided, like, all right, I'm just going to be super weird. I don't know. That's not a guy I want to be my starting quarterback. Very bad at breakup. You know you know who pooped more than Aaron Rodgers this week? The um, Packers in the playoffs.
1: I was going to guess Joe Clark, but...
0: No. But also probably. <sighs>
1: Alright, that'll wrap things up. Uh
0: definitely definitely a longer episode. Definitely a fun episode. Got into it a lot. Excited excited to see what happens in Xavier these next few games. It's definitely I mean I just want to see one tournament. A lot of game. momentum riding in a couple games. You can you can donate a tournament hot, you can go into a tournament really cold and Hopefully make the tournament. You I mean, I guess next week's tournament, if you make the tournament. Um,
1: Just make the tournament. You never know what happens. Yeah, exactly. Once tournament. you
0: get in, once you UCLA, 11 seed last year, had to play in the first four, go to the final four. Uh, anything yeah. can happen once you get there. But definitely a lot to look forward to. We'll definitely hop on next week, talk more about their two games, uh, get into some other stuff next week too.
1: Uh, hope you guys have a good one. Hope you win some money. Yeah, definitely win some money. All right, we'll see you. See you.